You know, I think it's great, you know, I don't know, sometimes about, oh, you know, sometimes I wish I could be one of those uh, dignified, have it all together pastors. I am, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but I just think sometimes we, we live in such, conf- we confine ourselves so much. You know, sometimes we just need to get with God and be honest. Hello. We just need to be honest with ourselves sometimes, don't we? And say, actually, you know what? I need God. I need God more than I need my dignity even today. I need God more than I need my self-control. I need God more than I, uh, my, my, my own image of myself. I, I need God. I don't believe, but I don't want to just do church. I want to walk with Jesus, don't you? I want to I wanna encourage. <laughs> oh, dear. I want to encourage the people of God. I want to see people who just can get hold of it. Because either it's true and it's worth everything, friends, or it's not. We decide. I just want to share this morning. I'm in the Word. Thanks, Ban, for leading. Thanks, James, for doing that with five strings, mate. That was amazing. Thank you. You know, it is just one of those things. It's all about the heart, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I just want to be a heart person, don't you? I get, I get other stuff wrong. It's too complicated for me. I can't, do, I can't cross all the T's and dot all the I's. I just blow it. You know, I try and be professional. Fat chance, do you know what I mean? I, I try and do the right thing. But, you know, I, all I have to do is sometimes just come before God and say, God, here I am. Blah. How many of you know God understands? Blah. Because actually, he, he invented it. He, he understands what's going on in our hearts. And, you know, sometimes we just have to get to that place of honesty with God. I love you, but I want our, you know, oh, I, I want so many things for our services. But I came in this morning early, and I was just praying, and I just felt the Lord say, come aside, Dave. Bring everybody aside. Forget about everything else. Because I love you, but sometimes we just need to meet with the Lord, don't we? We need to remind ourselves that we come to church not to worship, just to worship, but to encounter, to meet, to draw from, to understand something of who God is, to allow him to speak into our lives, to allow him to touch us, to allow him to work in us, to allow him to provoke us. Well, that's all got you a bit fidgety now, haven't you? It's like, oh, I've just come to sing a few songs and go home, Dave, thankfully, don't we? But we just, we need to come with that mentality, okay, Lord. And I know for some of us it's very familiar, you know, I, I understand that, and um, I, you know, I, I feel a bit bad when I interrupt, you know, just the normal procedure, but who cares? It's got to be done, isn't it? Okay, okay, we're in the Word doing something this morning. Um, we were in uh, Galatians. I started last week speaking about freedom, and I just want to follow on really about that today. Um, last week we spoke about the whole um, issue of holding on to freedom, how God sets us free, and he sets us free from a number of things, but in the context of Galatians, he sets us free from rules and regulations, from religion, and sets us free to be in relationship with him. He sets us free from uh, the powers and the control of sin and darkness in our lives, and he gives us freedom, but, but the challenge for us is to live in that freedom. Is to hold on to it. The Bible says, you know, um, uh, do not allow yourselves to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's big, big news, isn't it? Because it means that each of us can be overwhelmed by the stuff that goes on. And we can allow our freedom to be taken away from us. And we can allow, uh, and I talked about three things that do that. Firstly is uh, the powers of, of, of uh, 
the evil one, the plans of the evil one, that he has arrows that come against us, and uh, we all experience that in life um, at different times and different situations. It just feels there's opposition going on in our lives, and we have to then defend ourselves. We have to lift up the shield of faith and say, hey, even in the midst of this, I choose to trust God. Even in the midst of my uh, absolute terrible situation, I'm going to trust God. And listen, some of you are in that situation today. I understand that. I'm not minimizing that. I'm not trying to cheapen that at all. But actually, that's, that's the place of faith that we come to. We have to choose, okay, Lord, I trust you. I don't understand this. I don't like it. You ever said that to God? I don't like it. I wish it was different. But Lord, I'm going to trust you because actually I believe in who you are and I know that. And then we talked about how we have to free ourselves from the expectations of others. And that was a favorite one that, you know, lots of people commented on is actually we shouldn't be enslaved to what other people think of us. And uh, Paul talks about how the Galatians, uh, the, the, the other teachers in, in uh, the church tried to say to him, oh no, well it's good, uh, it's tried to say to the church, well it's good to follow Jesus and live in grace, but also you have to be circumcised. Aren't we glad we're not under that one this morning? All the men say amen, do you know what I mean? Uh, and, and Paul says to them, you know, it said we did not give in to them for a moment. We actually said to them, be quiet, shut up, who are you? Stop adding to what Jesus has done. How many of you know Jesus has done enough? Nobody else needs to add to it. You know, we don't preach anything other than Jesus Christ crucified. Because there's nobody else who's going to save you, friends, Jesus and uh, we, that's, we talked about that, that, actually the expectations of others, people who try and add to their faith, people who try and tell you that you'll be more holy if you do what they tell you and more holy if you, you know, uh, and people who also try and put you in slavery by putting you down. Hello. Yeah, you ever had that one? Man, we have to fight those things. And Paul says, we did not give him for a minute. You know, sometimes you've got to stand up for yourself. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you should accept every word everybody speaks about you. If someone tells you you're a failure, tell them, Bless them, you're not in Jesus. Or use another phrase, I don't mind. Say to them, get lost. What's wrong with you? What side of bed did you get out of? People always want to control people and put them down and make them feel less than they are. It's a plan of the enemy to use people to rob you of your peace in God. And you have to hold on to it. And here's the truth, friends. And I said it last week and I meant it. If, listen, here's the truth. If the people who had, well, let me say All the people who had taken offense over stuff like that, if they were here today, they'd be standing room only. People have left our church because they allowed someone to burden them. Now, we might call out other stuff. They hurt me. Friends, no, what they did was they allowed the hurt to burden your life and rob you of the freedom that God had given you. That's what we talk about. See, it's not about other people. People don't have power over you to allow you to destroy your life. You do that. And so you have to recognize that and deal with that and, and, and cut that out and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow that to happen to me. And then thirdly, we talked about how the limitations of our own flesh and our own circumstances, that actually we all struggle with stuff and uh, it can lead us in all kinds of ways. And we all know that's true, don't we? And so the Bible says that we have to cling to what God said. Paul said, I had this thorn in my side and three times I said, God, please take it away. Man alive, if we were to talk about this stuff, we've asked God to take away. That would be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? Take away my selfishness. Take away my greed. Take away my lust. Lord, take away my uh, self-centeredness. Take away my bitterness from other people. Lord, take it away. Just take it away, God. And he says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. What's he saying? Learn to live in it. Learn to forgive. Learn to be free. Because otherwise you'll be held by a yoke of slavery. And so that was last week's sermon. Don't want to preach it again or anything, but it was good. It needed repeating. 
I deliberately prepared short today, okay, so you'll be glad, because I really felt that's what the Lord wanted to do. Okay, so Galatians 5, verse 13, I haven't got time to read the whole passage, 13 to 26, I'll bring some verses out of it, but verse 13 says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. There it is again, called to be free, it's the theme of the passage. And then there's this phrase that struck me, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. Wow. See, when we understand we're free, the next issue that comes to us, and it's a bit of a paradox, is how will we use our freedom? That's an interesting question, isn't it? See, I don't know about you, but I think freedom should be about being able to do whatever you want, don't you? If I'm free, I don't really have to do anything. I can just please myself. Thanks very much. But actually, if you think about it, freedom in our world means living in boundaries. Freedom actually is the paradox of actually taking on willingly restrictions to live within freedom. Because otherwise, freedom becomes uncontrolled behavior, which leads to disaster. Come on, we all know that, don't we? We've all experienced that for ourselves, haven't we? A moment of uncontrolled behavior. Or is it just me? All looking at you, you're so godly looking and so nice and so well. You know, trust me, it happens in my life, it must happen in yours. That's what I believe. Do you know what I mean? Freedom is, is this thing that actually we have to take on borders in our lives. We have to uh, say, okay, how am I going to use? It's an amazing thing. How am I going to use the freedom that I have been given? What am I going to do with it? And, and Paul suggests here that sometimes we just indulge ourselves because of it. Because we're free to do that. What he's saying is sometimes freedom just becomes one big adventure for us. And he says, but that's not how God wants you to live. Don't just be free and then say, well, I'm free. I can do whatever I like. doesn't matter. Actually, you know, we've, we haven't got time this morning, but there's so much stuff in there. But actually, if the exercise, Paul says, if the exercise of my freedom becomes a stumbling block to someone else, I will never do that again. Wow. I'm going steady on, Paul. Don't make too big a suggestion. Can't you just say, I'll never do that while he's in view? He says, I'll never do it. He said, because actually I take my freedom very seriously. I understand that if I'm going to be free, then actually I have to treat people well. So, so actually my freedom doesn't become a problem to other people. How many of you know that your freedom can become a problem to other people? And Paul says we need to use our freedom. And I want you just to remember that phrase, if you remember nothing else in the next 15 minutes. Use, use your freedom. How do we use it? How do we get hold of it? You see, when you're free, you have choices. See, when you're in chains and in slavery, your choices are very limited, aren't they? You know, when you're a captive to something, if you're, if you're an addict, uh, your, your, your choices are limited. If you come from a very humble circumstance, your choices are limited. If you grow up in certain attitudes, your choices are limited. It's only when you can be free from that. You know, uh, think about it. When, if you're in debt, actually, you're fairly limited in what you can do with the money you have. You can just get out of debt with it or just live and scrape by with it. And, and you look at everybody else who's not in debt and you think, how, how come they get to do that? And the issue is that they're not in the financial chains that you're in. And then one day you pay that debt off and you look at the money and you think, wow, what can I do with this? And then a whole different set of conditions comes into your life because then the challenge is, how will you use your freedom? What will you do with your money? Will you just blow it? Rick Warren says there's three things that you can do with your life. You can waste it, you can spend it, or you can invest it. That's what freedom brings. 
Freedom gives you the choice to waste it. And many people choose to waste their life. Just say, it doesn't matter. I'm just free to do whatever I like. I don't really care. Other people spend it. They just look at it as accumulating things and experiences. And they just are going to use their life to do as much as they can. Because for them, that's the important thing. But people of God, we need to use our freedom to invest our lives in the purposes of God. Because we've just sung about God being who he is. You see, I think for some of us, there is a disconnection between worship in, in singing and worship in life. Because we can sing these amazing songs of declaration about who God is and what he's done for us. And we can call him Lord and Savior and all of those things. But actually when it comes to our life, then we have to decide, okay, I'm free enough to decide that Jesus is in charge. Hello. That Jesus is in charge. What does it look like for Jesus to be in charge of your life? What does it look like for you to use your freedom in that way? I want to give you three things very quickly because time's ticking. And uh, yeah. First of all, Paul tells us to use our freedom to serve. Wow. He says, do not indulge uh, yourself. Uh, Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. He says to us, first thing that people must do who, who are free, who understand being free, is you need to use your freedom to serve God and others. We were saying, I can't remember where it was, but when we were growing up, we were taught, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Somewhere joy, yeah, that's right. That the key to joy is Jesus first, others second, yourselves last. And somewhere along the way, you know what's happened in society? It's changed, hasn't it? It's ourselves first. Ourselves second. Friends, that's what's happened. And even in the church, that's become, it's become much more about what we get out of it, what, 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 you know, that we come to church and we have to get, you know, when we come, you know, we do get something out of it. But friends, the purpose is not to get something out of it. The purpose is to give something to God because he's given everything for us. Hello. And so we've got to examine ourselves. So I'm here, I'm saying, listen, when you're free, the first way you should use your freedom is to say, okay, I'm going to serve God and others. And that shapes everything else that you do. It's the backdrop. Remember a few weeks ago, I talked about the backdrop, the, 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 the scenery that, that, that encompasses our lives. And it's, the backdrop of that is I'm serving God. So how I deal with my money, how I deal with my relationships, how I deal with my own uh, being, how I make choices about my interactions with people, how I invest my life, all of those things come in the backdrop of I'm a servant of God. And, and, and if we forget that, it actually is because we've decided to do something else with our freedom. Anybody understand me? We've said, well, actually, I'm free not to do that, so I'm going to do something else. And the truth is that that is a truth. You can decide, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to serve God in this. I might serve God in those areas, but this area is untouchable to God. It's my, it's my stronghold. And we have to recognize that Paul says, listen, use your freedom to serve, to serve others. And it says to serve others humbly in love. It's a great little picture. That our lives are to be purposed in who God is and what God's done for us. That's got to be the, the center point, the, the reason that we get around. And, and understanding that really does need um, freedom. It says of Jesus in John 13 that knowing that Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power. What does that mean? That means freedom. Because <laughs> if you've got all things under your power, nobody controls you. It says, understanding the, fa- the Father put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he was wrapped around. Hey, what an amazing picture of serving. 
Use your freedom to serve. In other words, decide that you'll be a servant of others. Now, I don't really mind how you manifest that spirit. We don't need to give you a list, do we? I mean, if you need a list, come and I'll tell you one. But you won't like it. But it needs to be that test. See, somewhere along the line, God wants to, can we talk about this? God wants to test our servant spirit sometimes. He says, I've given you freedom. How are you going to use it? Sometimes you'll do something for somebody and they won't even say thank you. Anybody experience that? You'll drive away going, ungrateful pigs, I hate them. All, all, all glory goes to you, Lord. I'm being too honest. Because we're fighting the army and we've actually got to recognize, okay, Lord, I'm happy to serve you. It's not about whether they thank me for being such a wonderful person. It's about whether I'm willing to serve God. It's about whether I'm willing to serve others. It's about whether I'm willing to use my freedom to serve other people in the name of Jesus. See, here's the amazing deal. God never promised all of us that we would all be superheroes. There's a lot of prophetic words going around today where it seems that God's promising everybody the world. Actually, what he's promising them is the kingdom of God. How many know we can't just have everybody as heads? Somebody has to be the tail. Not looking at anybody around here, of course. Just the mirror. See, but, but something in us, we all, want to be, we all want to be the head. Actually, friends, what we've got to say is, I'm just a servant of God. I'm free to be other things. I'm free to be many things. But actually, the main thing that I've taken on and, and, and I've willingly to call of my identity is I'm a servant of the Lord. I choose to use my freedom to serve him. And that means I choose to use my freedom to serve others. It's as simple as that. And that undergirds everything I'm about. And it affects how I do everything I do. Friends, that's what it means to live in freedom. See, sometimes the truth is we're so paranoid about progression in our lives that we're saying, well, God, we, make, we do deals with God, don't we? God, if only you'll allow me to get this, then I'll serve you more. You know what God's thinking? He's thinking, well, if you can't serve there, I'm not sure you're going to serve anywhere else. Sorry, sorry is that too honest? Because Jesus said, who's been faithful with little will be given charge over much. In other words, people who are servants, where they find themselves, will learn to serve in other places. Everybody say amen, Dave. That's a great point. It's a great point you're making. Do you know what I mean? It's like we have to, use our, have to use our freedom to serve. We have to say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give myself to that because actually I understand its purposes of God. Secondly, I haven't got all the time to give you all the scriptures about that, but I can give you them later if you want them. Well, apart from this one, Joshua speaking to the people of Israel as they'd come into the promised land. After they'd been taking land for years, he says to them this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, here's the truth, friends. You always serve somebody. You always serve somebody with your life. So the issue for you is, will you decide who you will serve? As for me and my house, I'll serve the Lord. I'll take hold of his purpose in my life. Okay, just another 15 points. We've got seven minutes. We're doing fine. Don't worry, you'll all get your dinner. It's fine. Secondly, use your freedom to change. Oh, I love this. He says in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and its desires. You know what? Freedom gives us the choice to change how we live. The Bible talks a lot about it, that actually if we're going to follow Jesus, freedom then gives us the choice to shake off the chains, to shake off sin, to shake off the habits, to shake off the things that so easily entangle our lives. We then become into a place where we have a decision to make about how we do it. That's what freedom brings. Sometimes I wish I wasn't quite so free, don't you? I just said to God, please don't make me going I remember, I'll never forget, I was in Stoke one day, and I went into the co-op, and there was a little lady standing in front of the biscuit aisle. Just looking at the biscuits. Just staring like this. I said to her, are you all right, love? She said, I don't know what to choose. She said, my son's coming. I don't know what to choose. She said, there's so many biscuits. How do you choose? Show me. So go with a ginger nut. Always a good one. But it's this thing, isn't it? Freedom brings choices. And some of those choices are overwhelming. How will you use your choice? See, freedom gives you the choice. How am I going to change how I live? What am I going to look at in my life? You know, that's why Jesus said, stop looking at the speck in someone else's eye and take the plank out of your own. Why? Because you're free. You're free to deal with your own stuff, not free to deal with everybody else's. Man, we would, we would cause most of the problems in our life to go away if we just took that one piece of advice. Tried to fix everybody else. You ever got in over your head because you tried to fix someone else? Just me. My life pastoring's rough, I tell you. And sometimes we just have to say, you know what, Lord, I, I, I need to change this, don't I? See, freedom is coming to a place where you recognize that your behavior, I mean, and he goes on in Galatians to list lots of things that are actually quite ungodly and evil, and we all, you know, but most of those things will not be our challenges, but the other challenges that we have to deal with. Lord, I want to change. Because actually, Lord, when I look at the fruit of the Spirit, I realize that I'm lacking in them. I'm lacking in forbearance. I actually get bad very quickly. <laughs> I'm lacking in humility. I'm lacking in those things. And Lord, I, I want to be like, so in the freedom that you've given me, I need to recognize, Lord, that I have to take off some of my old nature. Some of the nature that I'm very, see, here's what happens with the old nature. We're very comfortable in our old nature, aren't we? There's something very easy about it to us. So, so if somebody treats it, you know, and we do that, we can see ourselves because somebody makes a smart comment, you know, to me. Somebody makes a smart comment to me. I can give them 15 smart comments before their sentence is finished. That's my natural gift. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, let's bring it on, mate. Straight in. Why? Because that's my natural gift. Friends, I've had to learn over the years, all that does is dig bigger holes for me and for other people. Aren't you glad this is the sanctified version? I've had to realize that, you know what, that doesn't... Actually, I want to use the freedom that God has given me actually to change who I am so that I can be more useful to him. And therefore, I have to take off the old. I have to take off the quick to respond, the quick to get angry. I have to say, Lord, I need to live in the fruit of the Spirit. How do I do that, friends? The best way to do it is to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Because the more you love other people, the harder it is to get cross with them. Have you, have you swear? See, it's easy to be contemptuous of people you don't know. Have you noticed? You're driving the car along, somebody cuts up, muppet. It's an attitude that comes out of all of us, isn't it? But if you recognize it's your wife driving the car in front, come in, dear, please. Your attitude changes. Why? Because actually the freedom that you have in that relationship changes your behavior. Friends, that's what, that's what becoming like Jesus is all about. It's because we're free, we change our behavior. 
We change and we say, I want to be full of the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know anybody who, who, who kind of like uh, maybe has got this sus, but you know, truthfully, we need to say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm becoming like you. I want to be who you've made me to be. Paul says in Romans 13, I haven't got time to work at all, but he says this, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Wow, what a verse. In other words, he says, you've got to win this battle in your mind to change your behavior. It's not just going to happen automatically. It doesn't just flow. It comes out of who you are. Thirdly and finally, use your freedom to follow. I love this. Right at the end it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know, here's the deal, friends. God has set you free, but you have to choose to follow him. You, you have to decide how much you're going to do that. You, you have to decide what that's going to look like in your life. Uh, you know, there's an amazing verse in, um, about, in the Gospels about uh, Peter, and it says this, and he followed at a distance. In other words, he just stood a long way back. He was still following, but it was a long way back, and it exposed him, actually. He became in trouble and in danger. He got into all kinds of stuff because he was trying to cover it over. Why? Because he wasn't close up. You see, if he'd been standing beside Jesus saying, here I am, I'm with him. If you're persecuting him, you're persecuting me. See, it's a different way of following, isn't it? The question is, how will you follow? How will you use your freedom to follow Jesus? What will come out of that? Paul says, I walk by the, so I walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, it's walking with the Spirit that enables us to change the way we walk. It's walking with the Spirit that enables us to learn his ways. The Bible says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So my question to you this morning, and you've listened so patiently, and I'm so appreciative, is how are you using your freedom? How are you going to use it? How's that, what's that going to change? Are you going to use it to indulge yourself? Because we can do that. Are you going to use it to say, well, you know, I'm free of that, so I'm going to do that? No, or are you going to use it to, to serve God? To say, Lord, my life is yours. Now, friends, I know that for many of us, we've been following Jesus for years. I'm not, I'm not critiquing that. I'm not questioning that. I'm just saying, are you using your freedom to serve him? To make a difference in it? Jesus talks so much about, if anyone would come after me, let him pick up his cross daily and walk with me. You see, following someone is all about distance, isn't it? It's about walking closely. How will you use your freedom? Will you use your freedom to follow him closely? Or will you follow at a distance? How will you walk with him? How will you learn to recognize his voice? I want you to ask yourself today, how am I using my freedom to follow Jesus? Simple question, but it's a profound answer. Will I use my freedom to serve God and his kingdom? Will I use my freedom to change myself rather than look for everybody else to change? Will I use my freedom to follow Jesus closely so that I can recognize the voice of his spirit speaking into my life and asking me to follow him? Let's pray together. You know, perhaps today you're here in this place and you're not yet free. And much of what we've done and said this morning has maybe been foreign to you that people would be so desiring of God that they would walk to the front and say, yes, Lord, I'm thirsty for you. It seems a bit over the top somehow. It seems a bit uh, desperate. 
But friends, we have to say to you today, we're here because we're free. Because we found freedom in Christ. And it really has changed our lives. That the stuff that we carried before has gone. The old has gone. The new has come. And so we're determined to follow him. Perhaps today you're still dealing with the issue of sin and its consequences in your life. Decisions that you've made that have ruined your life and you know that have separated you from God and have brought guilt and shame and all those things with them. Well, Jesus died to set you free from guilt, from fear, from shame. He died to set you free. His death was a payment for the sins of the world so that everybody who believes in him might have life and freedom in his name. So even before we close our service in just a moment, just while our heads are bowed, maybe today you're saying, Dave, I, I need to be free. I know I, I know I need it. I know that I'm overwhelmed by the stuff that's gone on in my life, by the sin that I've committed, by the, the destruction of my relationship, even with God. I know I'm in need. Would you pray for me? I just want you to slip your hand up where you are and say, Dave, I need to be free in my life. Is there anybody? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Bless you. The Bible says that when we admit our need of God, when we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to set us free. And so, Lord, I just pray. Lord, for those who've just put up their hands, Lord, and said, I need to be free today. Lord, I pray that Lord, you would indeed come and just meet with them this morning. I pray that your grace, Lord, would flow, Lord, within their lives. I pray, God, that they would come to know and understand that, Lord, you love them abundantly. And there's nothing that they can do, Lord, that will remove them from your love, Lord. But, Lord, as they choose today, Lord, to believe in you and to acknowledge their sin, Father. Lord, as they confess that, Lord, then today you come and bring freedom to them. Lord, it's almost too good to be true. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But I pray for my friends today who've responded to your word. Lord, I pray that they would feel free today. I pray that, Lord, they would know, Lord, your grace that surrounds them and they would know your love that pours out upon them, Lord. And for each one of us, Lord, who know you and follow you and call you our friend and our saviour, I pray, Lord, you would teach us how to use our freedom for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.